Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly 50 books. And here's his quote about history. That men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast. A mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history. We prove on every show that history is not boring. Entertaining, yet stimulating. This is History Slices. And now, here's your hosts, Jacob and Rachel. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Mom. How you doing today? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Ready to get started on this. I'm looking forward to this episode, the second one. Oh, good. Of, uh, immigration. I'm glad so. you're looking forward to it. I, I really am, yeah. I'm, I'm eager to see what you have to to teach me today <laughs> don't, don't say it like that like you don't know anything oh uh, I, you know i've got like a basic understanding but i'm you always bring up details that i'm not aware of so oh yeah, uh, yeah. well the thing about history is that there's always details you're not aware of oh my gosh that's so uh, true <laughs> there's always information lurking in the corners yeah so last time this is a bit of a continuation off of our previous one last time we were talking about immigration to america specifically pre United States, you know, uh-huh. like before the revolution and all that, right. uh, we talked a bit about, you know, Vikings and Christopher Columbus and kind of just, you know, the Brit, the, the British, the Brits, <laughs> the British, <laughs> the Spanish, all those, you know, uh, and it was a real interesting. If you're curious, go check out that um, last week's episode because we talk a bit about that today. We're going to kind of continue this theme. We're going to talk a little bit about the American Revolution, mm-hmm. very briefly, because it's not really what we're talking about, but it's relevant, kind of. And then I'm going to talk about some uh, famous immigrants that end up shaping American culture or society in some way. Okay. Because uh, I think that's very interesting. And then I'm going to go through a, a bit of a brief timeline, if you will, just okay. to like kind of, how, how would you say it, like contextualize i guess okay um, that's a good word things. Yeah. yeah now the tricky thing with a subject this broad and it's probably why we don't usually do subjects this broad yeah. <laughs> is because it's hard to find where where to cut it off so to speak sure is yeah and it, it really is a broad topic like it's the whole pizza pie it's yeah. not just one and, slice and I, I should also say because of that this is really oversimplified like this yeah. is really not <laughs> it's an overview yeah this isn't a textbook this isn't gonna like help you on any tests i mean it might i don't know but this is just like um kind of just a a basic surface level this is interesting i want to talk about it stuff awesome yeah anyway so i feel like most people know about the american revolution uh, especially in this country Mm -hmm. uh in case anyone doesn't for whatever reason you know with which i should say that because we have listeners that are from like europe and stuff so i think 13 or 14 different countries wow i didn't realize it was that many yeah that's really cool i'm not sure who you are out there but uh we sure appreciate you so there's a brief kind of in a nutshell as to what the american revolution was it was the british colonies along the eastern Eastern? yeah Mm -hmm. i always get, get confused when it comes to directions is why I get lost constantly uh, <laughs> on, on the eastern coast of what is today the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, and they basically declared independence. What, what happened was it, it wasn't an overnight thing. It was like, um, so basically France and Britain had a long standing rivalry, not so much now, but for a long portion of history, they were rivals and they had this conflict 
called the Seven Years War, which some historians have argued is kind of a proto-World War, mm -hmm. uh, just because both countries had a lot of colonies on different continents, uh -huh. and it was all kind of evolved in some way, shape, or form. But regardless, Britain won, but it ended up bankrupting them, right? Mm -hmm. So what they did was they started taxing their colonies more just to, mm -hmm. you know, recoup their losses. And their American colonies weren't having any of it, because up to this point, like, they've been pretty... Not isolated, but pretty independent. Already, yeah. yeah uh, like For some time. They didn't have a lot of oversight. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that they were, uh, Britain was leveling heavy taxes against kind of everyday things. And uh, like, uh, there's a stamp act. So it was inescapable taxes. Basically, it was yeah. a stamp act. which was like every piece of paper you get, you get a stamp on yeah. it. And that stamp costs money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And they didn't have much, actually, they didn't have any representation in parliament. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Congress that would have been embarrassing yeah. but the uh, <laughs> but, you know, but basically one thing led to another uh, tensions blew over and we declare our independence and that's kind of like this is like 1770s or so right and this is like that was like our origin story mm -hmm. the birth of the United States of yeah America. so in a nutshell that's what that is I wanted to kind of talk about it one because I think it's a significant event but uh -huh. also there was a couple um high profile immigrants that played a role in it, mm. and I want to kind of touch upon them briefly. Okay. So the first one, you may have heard of him because he was in a... I sure uh, hope I have. I'm like going, <laughs> oh, my stomach's like, okay, am I going to know this person? No, you know him. Um, I'm making a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, he was in a very famous musical recently. Oh, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually, actually really glad to be talking again about Alexander Hamilton because when we did our Andrew Jackson episode, yeah. I misspoke and said that Andrew Jackson was on the $10 bill. And I know because I know the lyrics of Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he wasn't the $10 founding father. It yeah. was Hamilton. So mm. That's I did actually learn a lot about make. Hamilton through that, through the musical and mm -hmm. just actually just listening to the musical. So it is definitely an, an immigrant with influence. Sorry. Yeah, it is an unconventional learning uh, thing. It's not entirely historically accurate because, of course, sure. it's dramatic and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, some of the events are massed together or moved around, you know, just mm -hmm. to, like, tell a good story. Yeah. Which is fine. But, yeah, like, a lot of the nuts and bolts are there. So, who is Alexander Hamilton? Uh, he, first of all, we're not sure when he was born, just because of the records at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it was either 1755 or 1757, around that time. Uh, he was from the Caribbean, originally, uh, specifically the British Leeward Islands, which is today known as uh, St. Kitts and Nevis. Nevis? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how to, how to say that. It, Caribbean islands, basically. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> so he fought in the American Revolution, actually, like, uh, was a pretty significant, like, figure in that. And after the war, he served as a first tre uh, secretary of the treasury. Mm -hmm. And later on in 1804, he uh, was killed in a duel with the vice president at the time, Aaron mm -hmm. Burr, which is kind of crazy. But yeah. doesn't the, that seem so strange to yeah, our modern ears? At the time, duels were legal yeah. um, or at least were, were entirely illegal. Yeah, were more common. Yeah. I wonder around the time, and you may not know the answer to this, and that's okay if you don't, because it's just my brain wondering. Sure. Um, he was an immigrant, obviously, because you just said that. 
but I wonder how many, what percentage of the population were like first generation immigrants at the time of the revolution in the 1700s? Of course, people had been coming over for some yeah. time already. And Honestly, I don't know the yeah. exact percentage or yeah. statistics. Uh, like the first census was like 1790, so I think. So it, it might be hard to even find those numbers. Yeah, but, and yeah. of course with census, it's also like, or, or polling or whatever, it's also like people who are okay with answering that, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's sometimes it, not entirely reliable. it's not the most, you know, snapshot yeah. or clear cut, whatever. Yeah. But I will say that a lot of the the Colonies before the revolution were there for, so since like the 1600s, they were there for a while. So there were people there that had been there for a while. Already three, four, five generations yeah, worth, uh, of worth of people being established. Yeah. Yeah. Being there. So I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, some fun facts, fun quotation marks, facts about uh, Hamilton. So he was an abolitionist, which means he was against slavery. Mm-hmm. Thought it was wrong. He was against it. <laughs> uh, he, uh, his role in our economy is pretty massive. Like he helped found like, uh, oh geez, was it Wall Street? Federal banks. Or... Something like that. Yeah, he was. He basically um, helped nationalize our economy. Right, because at, at one point around that you know, before we became the U.S., states had their own monetary systems and things yeah, like that. Occurred. And yeah, that was um, during like when we were under the Articles of Confederation as right. opposed to the Constitution. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not to get too sidetracked from uh, yeah, but immigration. Basically, he played a major role in our economy. He was caught up in America's first um, political sex scandal because oh, he cheated really on his wife. Known for. Yeah, yes. I know, but it is, you know, that's, you know, historically relevant, yeah. I guess. Some historians, and, and this is mainly due to like certain letters or certain signs that people have, like, it's not really known one way or the other. Uh, some historians think he might have been bisexual. Um, That's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, just because of like, I don't know the exact reasonings. It's yeah. certain, I guess, uh, letters or certain like language he used in huh. letters to like That's interesting. his friend. I'm, or really, where, yeah. I'm taking that one with a huge grain of salt. That's sure. one of those things that I'm such a devil's advocate. I'm always like, well, I want to look at the evidence myself, sure, you know, sure. which I probably never will. So <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, they think the same thing about James Buchanan, our uh, 15th president. They think he might have been a closet homosexual uh-huh. just because he was you know it's yeah. like a lot of speculation but yeah. it's one of those scenes where it's like we're not really sure you know like was einstein you know like on the autistic spectrum we don't exactly. really is know it, that's he exactly has, what he i has, was thinking too yeah. is that when we look back in history and try to he has apply like, labels uh, to... traits that we would associate with that uh-huh. but we don't really know yeah so. interesting that's just an interesting side note yeah. i found he uh he was well read he wrote a bunch of stuff like a ungodly amount of stuff check out the musical yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you want to know more <laughs> basically he has everything about him uh so he's it's one of those scenes where it's like it's um if you watch the musical don't take it as gospel you right know? because it doesn't it's not purporting to be uh an, it's not a textbook the, yeah yeah authoritative that's what i was sure, saying sure. authoritative um what I really love about it, just as a side note, is that it really helps inspire people to look up more stuff about. I think so. Um, I, I agree. And yeah, and it makes it a, it makes it very interesting and sort of personal. Yeah. So moving beyond that, yes. the second immigrant we want to talk about is uh, named John Paul Jones. Have you ever heard of this guy? Um, I. 
I the, the name sounds familiar, John Paul Jones, but I'm not sure if I it know rolls who off you're the talking. Tongue, it. It, it really does, and I I think that I um there's a I knew a kid some years ago with the same name, so I'm not sure if that's just crisscrossing in my mind or what. But yeah, it really does. Or maybe it sounds like a beetle or something. <laughs> like John Paul Jones. Oh, maybe. I see. Uh, like a musician beetle, not like yeah, an yeah, insect yeah. beetle. No. I was confused there for a second. All right. Well, he was a Navy commander during the American Revolutionary War. Okay. He's originally from Scotland. Okay. Um, so this guy, this guy was kind of, he was kind of crazy. And I, I don't mean that in necessarily a bad way. But he uh, he sailed from um, America back to the British Isles in like a boat, you know, in like one of his ships. It wasn't like a fleet. And he started a raid like British boats and shipping lines and stuff up around the During British the Isles. Revolutionary War? Yeah. Wow. He took the fight to them. Wow. Uh, which is, th- these are I like. Don't remember, I don't remember learning about that. Yeah. These are like pirate tactics. So it's kind of one of those like ethically dubious like, oh he's gonna be doing this but to play devil's advocate as you like to do <laughs> uh privateers state-sponsored pirates were a thing for centuries before this uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i don't know if they're still a thing at the mm-hmm. time necessarily but uh, like uh, francis drake was hired by like queen elizabeth to raid spanish ships or uh-huh. was it vice versa don't <laughs> quote me on that uh but basically um you know like so there was some presence for it a funny story happened while he was doing this he had i'm not sure how or why result of a misadventure i'm sure <laughs> he was on a stolen british ship he had to dock at a Dutch port, which they're like, you need some proper authors, like papers and like <laughs> authorization and stuff like that, uh, or else you're going to get docked for piracy, which was a big no-no, of course. Just pull them to port with somebody else's boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like a license <laughs> plate was clearly yeah. not his, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, I, I guess there wasn't much love lost between the Dutch and the British because he described to them what the American flag, at least at the time, looked like, and they put it in their uh, registry as an official American flag. Uh-huh. So it's like, hey, technically he's here on official business. Wink, wink, nod, nod, nuts, nuts. And uh, <laughs> interesting. And so they allowed him to be there. Yeah. And uh, the, I'm not gonna so it's just because we're on a podcast but the the flight they had clearly made from secondhand knowledge like it's like <laughs> someone described it kind of poorly to them yeah but it looks cool but it's also like that's not the American <laughs> like that really doesn't looks weird <laughs> So to, to give some more backstory on this guy uh, before we move on to um, to our next immigrant, American. I still say that they're all American, but whatever. <laughs> um, he So he claims this was in self-defense. Uh, back in Scotland, before he came to America, he was also part of the Navy then. Oh, uh, just so he had the Scottish Navy. Yeah, yeah, he kind of knew his stuff. He fled to the colony of Virginia because he got into an altercation with a crewmate and killed him. Oops. Yeah. Uh, and we don't really know a lot of the details about that. Like, uh-huh. was it just straight up murder yeah, or was it was like it uh, self-defense? It? He claimed it was self-defense. Um, Must not have had a strong enough alibi for that. If he had to flee <laughs> to Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Um, another interesting thing is later on in life, he briefly, I don't believe it was for very long, but he briefly ended up serving in the Russian Navy as well. That's fascinating. I don't, wow. Yeah. I don't really know all the details beyond that. I guess he just like moved or whatever. 
huh. you know. Huh. Um, Maybe he killed somebody else and had to move to another country. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, don't I, I. I. That would be very strange. <laughs> I don't think so. How interesting. But yeah. So he gets the merit badge for most mm-hmm. navies served in <laughs> most international. Yeah. <laughs> figure. Um, a couple of these are actually international figures. I'll talk a little more about that later. But nowadays. He is sometimes called one of the fathers of the American Navy, huh. just because I guess he was very kind of influential. Uh, well, it's probably because he was early um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our history and evolved with that and yeah. made a name for himself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's John Paul Jones. Cool. <laughs> who has an awesome name. I've said this before, but I love his name. So the next guy we're going to talk about, this is a bit of a different field. This is the war's over. You know, we're a country now, but we're still kind of getting... Fledgling. Yeah, yeah. In fact, for like a roughly... 50 so years or so after American Revolution, we didn't have any, we didn't have a lot of mass migrations or anything to America. Hmm. Um, probably because we were still getting our feet yeah, on the ground. I can understand that. I don't know that I'd want to rush into a country that's just been through a civil war. Mm-hmm. Some oh, people, sorry, not a civil war, a uh, war, a, a revolutionary war. Yeah. Some people, no, that comes later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people actually left. That's not that surprising if they were on, you know, they were, loyalists. Yeah, loyalists. Yeah. It, it's interesting because it's like. Because I would want to lay low or get out if yeah. the other side won too. Sure. Uh, but it's like, uh, it's interesting because I was reading how like they believe that kind of how it was split up was that like 20% were loyalists, 20% were patriots, which is what they call people who want to yeah. secede. And the rest were all on the fence and waiting to wow. see who won. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I, what I read. Like the, the thought nowadays of like uh, historians and stuff looking yeah. back at that is they think a lot of people were just kind of like whichever way Trying the wind to blows. Live their lives. I yeah. wonder if that's sort of a template that you could overlay over even modern society. You know, like there's 10% that think one way, 10% that think, you know, passionately another Mm -hmm. way. And the rest of the people are just sort of like just trying to live their lives and get through their their day and support their families and build their whatever. Well, I don't want to get all political or on my soapbox. No, but I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. Yeah, but I think think, think an an issue that sometimes comes up with... um, America and every place has an issue. I'm not saying this is like, this is why America sucks. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, an issue that I think comes up is that when you have um, a two party system, uh, I, I can tell you, like, oh, here it goes again. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, the real brief. This is just kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, I think that it becomes kind of this very natural indication. Inclination. Thank you. That word. Uh, to take the opposite stance of whatever your the opposite party has, you know, and that sometimes leads to, I think, most people, to go off to what you said about most people not really caring, I think most people yeah. lean one or the other, but they're not super, super passive about certain things. That's what I mean, and I didn't things. mean that they don't care. I mean that so, they... Um, that was not the right way to say that. They're just so busy trying to maintain and you know get through that they don't have the time or energy to invest in a cause, per se. Sure. Like at the time of the revolution, you know... I, I don't know. That's just really interesting. I don't want to get off track too much because no, that, it's that really will we take us off way, way off. But how fascinating <laughs> mm-hmm. that that is. That that's neat to hear. So um, a lot a lot of loyalists left for Canada, which I find funny, or because they're still like a territory. Then I think, uh, or they just went back to Britain or the Caribbean or wherever. You know, they just yeah. kind of dispersed. 
this actually affected American society because a lot of loyalists were of a particular demographic. There were mm. a lot of them were wealthy, more educated, uh, kind of an older generation. Uh-huh. Um, for good or for ill, I honestly have no idea. But it kind of uh, saved uh, in a way like the country. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? But I'm thinking like two different. I'm thinking sort of like refined versus rowdy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah that that's come up a lot. I, I think it's. Uh, here I am on my soapbox again. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of an, a, a natural conflict to draw from stuff just because it's like they're kind of, uh, it's kind of an opposite image, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, well, of course, you know, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Immigration picked up a bit again by like the 1830s because at okay. that point the uh, industrialization was kind of very attractive. Like a lot of um, Germans or whoever like, oh, hey, you know. Coming over like, for jobs. Yeah, and Iris and... um Farmland was cheaper in America than in Europe just because we had more land and a more unused land, I should uh-huh. say, and more, uh, you know, opportunity for, for farming. Yeah. Anyway, so back to what we're talking about. John James Audubon, I think. Audubon. Is, Audubon. Audubon, yeah. Audubon. He was a, um, he's originally from, uh, what is today, Haiti. Huh. Uh, yeah, he was a painter and an ornithologist. Guy who studies birds. Okay. <laughs> uh, he studied birds and he was a painter. There's something called the Audubon Society oh. now that is some sort of, I don't know if it's just all about birds or if it's just naturalist kind of. It wouldn't thing. surprise Audubon me. Audubon Society, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know about that. So he wrote a book called The Birds of America and with his own illustrations and stuff wow. in it. It's considered one of the best works in that particular field that's amazing mm-hmm. um, to set out to create a book at that time when it's not like there are huge publishing houses yeah. or whatever it's really fascinating yeah yeah um he maybe also, there were publishing houses i don't know uh, they probably were but i don't know how yeah. major they were necessarily yeah. uh he also identified 25 new bird wow. species and he coined a bunch of scientific names that people still use today. Wow. And Garza that. So he, That's he a definitely huge had, impact. Yeah, right? he had a, he made ripples, all that. It's very cool, if you ask me. Uh, you can find his artwork online. It's it's very well done. Mm. I recommend people check it out. Cool. Um, he uh, fortunately passed away in 1851. But again, given the time period, all these people are dead. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like the most shocking thing. Yeah. So this, there wasn't too much on him because outside of like he made some cool pictures yeah, and books, yeah. he didn't have like a particularly traumatic life or anything That's like good. that. That's yeah, good. That's good. That is for good. Mr. Audubon. Yeah, yeah. But he had an impact as an immigrant. He so did. That's really cool. So we've hit financial, political, military, um, kind of military, scientific. Yeah, and we're going to go into uh, uh, some business here. Cool. With John Jacob Astor. Um, Astor. Astor. Yeah. A S T O R. Okay. He from, that sounds sort of familiar. He was from Germany. Okay. Here's, by the way, sorry, side note. I might have talked about this last time. I can't remember. There were a lot of German Americans yeah. uh, throughout like this century, the 1800s. Like there's a lot. It was crazy. Like, at one point, they were like the most uh, common country people were coming from or something like that. Huh. Yeah. But that kind of slowed down probably because of World War One. But I'm mm. not, yeah, just interesting. Um, sorry, just as a side note, I, 
he was the first uh, John Jacob Astor. He was the first multimillionaire in the U.S. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, uh, he didn't have like a specific business. He had he did a lot of stuff. He uh, had a fur trade monopoly. Wow. He invested in a lot of real estate around like the New York City area. He smuggled opium into China, <laughs> like goodness. a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, um, he was a busy guy. He was. He was. Of course, he came after the um, the revolution. Of course, all these people did. I should say. At this at going this point, forward, yeah. yeah. Okay. When he passed away in 1848, he was the wealthiest person in the country. Wow. Uh, in um, 2021, money inflation. <laughs> yeah. Translation. Uh, yeah. Or? Yeah, that works. His wealth would have been around 649.5 million dollars. Um, with a lot of cash. There are richer people now, but for the time, that's yeah. still pretty rich. The town uh, where you might have heard his name before, the town of. Uh, Astoria, Oregon is named after him. Oh, Astoria. I'm how, not sure how why. How fascinating that it's yeah. all the way over here on the yeah, I know. West Coast. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Interesting. But Well, I guess that's some, one other thing we could look into. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> why, why it was named after him. That's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I wonder if other places, there might be other places I'm that sure are also named are. after him. So, so what was his, like, his impact? Was it just that he was the wealthiest guy and he started these... You know, the different... He was just like uh, an early, uh, I'm not sure what you would call them, influencer, I guess. Okay. Just because... Because of his money. Yeah, when you're rich enough, you end up influencing a lot around you. We see that to this day, you know, like... um, I think, is the richest person Elon Musk? I don't keep up with that. I don't know. Bozos. Bezos. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell him I said that. Uh, I don't want to lose my Amazon Prime subscription. (laughs) Uh, But... But no, you know what I mean, though. They they have influence, basically. Yeah, yeah that um, makes sense. So the next person, real briefly, we already talked about this guy before on the show, Thomas Nast. We talked about him on our Santa Claus episode. Right. Yeah. Nast. Okay. He was the guy who uh, he was. He drew pictures of. Uh, right. Yeah. Am I on the right track? Yeah, here you are. <laughs> he was a political cartoonist. Okay. Um, he was from Germany also. Oh. So a lot, if you don't know him, you know his works, basically. He popularized the um, Republican and Democratic animal symbols, you know, the uh, the donkey and the elephant. Right. He uh, popularized, like, kind of the Uncle Sam mm, figure. That's right. So, you know, stuff that kind of existed before him, but he used it a lot, and it became popular. And what we talked about when we last talked about him <laughs> is uh, our image of Santa, you know, guy, bearded guy, red outfit, on a larger side, <laughs> uh, comes from Thomas Nast. Anyways, I don't want to talk about too much because we kind of t- covered him. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that yeah. was influential, you know. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and he was an uh, immigrant from uh, Germany. So. Wow. Cool. Well, I think you covered a lot of bases with the different, you know, influences in different segments of society or however you want to say that. Yeah. There, there's two more left. <laughs> and, and then uh, I'll kind of go into like the timeline of it just because I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think it might help. Like you said, contextualize. Yeah. It gives kind of a backdrop or overview, I guess. Sure, sure. So uh, Andrew Carnegie, uh, or Carnegie, uh, it's apparently pronounced Carnegie, but whatever. Okay, uh, and I'm familiar with it as 
Carnegie, but that yeah. could just be Americanized. It is because he was Scottish okay. originally. He was an industrialist, and he is one of the richest. Is he, he's dead now? Was one of the richest Americans in history. I, I recognize his name because he planted libraries. Like he was a real philanthropist, and he uh, planted libraries in cities around America. Like we have one in our town. Yeah, um, that's referred to as the Carnegie Library or Carnegie Library. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how we say that. Uh, so he um. In his time, he donated quite a bit to various charities, which gave him a really good reputation as a, a philanthropist, I uh -huh. believe, is what you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the technical terms of it. I think that's just somebody who gives generously. Yeah, in uh, 2019 money, that was like the latest I can find, <laughs> like uh -huh. a translation rate. Uh, it would have been around $5.2 billion. That he gave away. Yeah, which wow. is about like 90% of his fortune. Wow, talk about generously. Uh, yeah, uh, this also kind of a trend for future billionaires to give lots of charities. I'm sure he's not the sole cause yeah. of that, but it kind of set it that tradition or that trend or whatever you want yeah. to call Interesting. it. Yeah. Gosh, can't even imagine that much money. Mm -hmm. So, Despite all this, and like at this point, you're like, this guy sounds great. Uh, hold on. He's got some criticism. Apparently, his in his factories, the working conditions weren't very good. Mm. I don't know how that related to other factories at the time. Uh -huh. Like, I don't, I don't want to. If that was the norm. Yeah. Or... But regardless if it was the norm or not, if the conditions yeah. are poor, conditions are poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a few other black spots on his reputation. So he is partly blamed for the uh, 1889 Johnstown flood that killed 2,000 people. Oh, apparently, um, and I it was hard to look up the story because there's a lot of like this business person owned this Sarah or whatever you know, financial business stuff that went over my head. Oh. But basically, I what I think the gist of it was there's a dam that him and his business associates owned, and it was badly maintained and it, it collapsed at one point. He uh, where was that? It was in like you said Johnstown, but I don't know where. Like yeah. it was in uh, it's in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and would you mind? Was it approximate year? Oh, it was um eighteen eighty nine. Okay, so oh a gosh. bit after kind of what we're talking. That's about. That's an awful story. It is. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, another thing he was kind of I don't know blamed is the right word or associated associated with, with another kind of black spot. Let's say. Was in 1892, uh, there's a homestead strike, which was basically a conflict between like the uh, unions and his business. He was out of the country at the time. He was back in Scotland. I don't know why. He was visiting relatives or whatever. Golfing. Golfing. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. But he was, um, he had left like kind of his business under control of his partner by name of Henry Clay Frick. This is a funny name, but sir. What the frick? Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, Henry was notoriously anti-union. Like okay. he wasn't for that stuff. The strike turned violent. 10 people were killed <sighs> and like hundreds were injured. So it was kind of like a, um, I don't know. He, he has kind of a mixed reputation because some people see him as a robber baron mm -hmm. and other people see him as like, yeah, but he gave away literally all his money. Yeah. So he could have been that yeah. off, you know, so it's like, it's a, weird... I mean, like we're all imperfect. He just, he, he, he had the extremes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> really good. And, and some really unfortunate things that happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would, how that's going to feel horrible to know that you're responsible or your actions, you know, of mm -hmm. not maintaining a dam, for example, yeah. are responsible for deaths of one person let alone thousands yeah you know, that's just it's incredibly hard to imagine having to deal with live with that it, it really reminds me of because i can see how 
like in my head, I can see how it's like, oh, it's not that big of a issue. Don't worry about it. I have more important things going on until it becomes right. an unavoidable catastrophe. That's what happened uh, like last year with that big explosion. And like, the, have you heard about that? In like the sure. Middle East or so? Oh, yes. What it was is they just basically had like a bunch of yeah. like explosive stuff sitting there for like six years mm -hmm. in the harbor mm -hmm. and kept like shoving off into yeah. like kicking the can down the road. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, geez. Isn't that awful? But yeah. I mean, that's on like, a humongous scale, but it's Their also, whole government basically like resigned after that. It's horrible. Yeah. It's really horrible. On a much smaller scale though, even like maintaining your car, you know, so mm -hmm. your tire doesn't blow out on the freeway and you get an accident. And, yeah. You know, cause an accident or whatever. Like it's, it's somewhat of a discipline to to keep your life maintained like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Gosh. I was going to say, just before you move on, just hearing about like the riots and the, the dam breaking and, you know, all these other, the chaos. It's just a reminder that life has always been... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. problematic. You know, no, there's always right. been it's, difficulties and. Well, that, yeah, you're right. Well, that's the thing is that it's really easy. I'm not saying this as like a how dare you same on you thing. I'm saying it's really easy to look at um the present, regardless of when the present is. Be like, this sucks. It was so much better than. Yeah. Like, well, no, it wasn't. It was the same stuff. It yeah. was just that, like, you know, sometimes worse. People to, yeah, people had to live through similarly. You just have nostalgia goggles on or whatever, yeah. you know. So some last couple little tidbits about um sorry yeah him okay. no it's fine and then um then we'll carry on uh so he, like I said he was originally from Scotland specifically the county of Fife I don't know where that is in Scotland because uh, I don't know Scottish <laughs> locations but he was born uh, November twenty fifth eighteen thirty five to kind okay. of put that in context his dad was named William uh, who was a weaver and his mom was named Margaret he had a brother named Thomas they weren't Brits. Like they're actually kind of poor family wise. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really like a, an example, regardless of what you think about the man, it's an example of kind of the American success story yeah. that he was able to, uh, what it was is he um, was heavily involved in the steel industry, you know, like railroads and that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, constructs and things. Okay. And that like really kind of made him his fortune. So that's interesting. That is interesting. A real rags to riches kind of a story. Yeah. Yeah. American dream. In fact, his family had so little money. They actually shared a single room house with another family at wow. the time. So to just put that in the context of like yeah. where they were financially. Yeah. So the last guy we're going to talk about, he's also in Scotland. I know they're not as like Germany, Scotland, and Caribbean. Those are like all the, you know, it's just well, the I times. Mean, you're, just, you know. you're just picking out you yeah. Know, people. So. Yeah. Uh, his name was, um, I can attempt, his last name is a little strange. John Muir. I think that's how I would pronounce yeah. that. M-U-I-R. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I'm sure that's probably not the right way to pronounce it, but fine. that's how I would say it. Yeah, he was an author. He was a very influential author, actually. And he was a botanist, a zoologist. Oh. He was really into nature. Um, his influence uh, was that he was an early advocate for preserving wilderness. Oh. And he is called the father of the national parks. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And good thing he came around when he did. Because <laughs> if he had come around... You know, 150 years later or 100 mm, years there later. There would have been yeah. too much. Of yeah, because yeah, I think the popular idea at the time was, well, people weren't environmentally conscious then, of course. Mm -hmm. But it was also like, look at all this. We're all into like urbanize and make cities and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no way. Maybe we shouldn't do that entirely. Yeah. Um, so it was a novel idea. It's uh, mm -hmm. good for him. He uh, He's the one who helped preserve uh, Yosemite and mm -hmm. uh, the sequela. Sequoia? Sequoia? Sequoia National Park. 
Where Sequoia National Park is that? It's in, in California. California. Yes. yes, those are the redwoods, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of places named after him uh, because he's kind of he's honored both here and in Scotland. Like, oh, that's cool. Both countries like like this guy. Yeah, he's had some mountains named after him. He's had some national monuments named after him. There's even an asteroid named after oh him. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's one two eight five two three John Muir. <laughs> Which was discovered <laughs> August eleventh, two thousand four. Wow, <laughs> that's some serious research, Jacob. Thank you. Wow, that's cool. All the asteroids are like that, by the way. It's just like a string of numbers. Do um, they all have a person's name at the end? No, oh. some do. A okay. lot don't. Just the special ones. Just the ones that depends who discovers them. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, uh, he's he's been on some posted stamps. Uh, recently, uh, just because this is relevant to him, recently there's been kind of a uh, reevaluation of him. Um, because he had in his time made some pretty less than nice comments about African Americans uh -huh. or whatever, which is unfortunate. But he also had a kind of more sympathetic view towards Native Americans. He's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. So there's a couple times that we've talked about, you know, going back and looking at people and reevaluating them. I think that no matter what, we're always going to find flaws with people. Of course, and it's like <laughs> it's like one of those things. Not not that. I think that I think the the concern is that we don't want to be glorifying prejudice or anything like that. Um, sure. Uh, I think that when you go back to people far enough back and you're like, well, he was racist. Like, well, everyone was racist then. Like, not to excuse it, but it's like you're going to find that a lot. Yeah. Um, it's it's just one of those things, you yeah. know. It's unfortunate that you know he held some uh, less than stellar views, yeah. but at the same time, he also did a lot of good things as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a yeah. balancing scale yeah, there. I don't tough. know. So he um he actually lived a while. He passed away at age seventy six. Uh, That's decent. Yeah, nineteen fourteen. Uh, in nineteen fourteen. Yeah, he got um yeah he got ill. So yeah, I want to kind of talk about like late seventeen hundreds up to eighteen fifty. Just kind of like a a general timeline. Just because I think this is interesting and kind of to to round it off because it's hard to find a good cutoff spot. <laughs> So going back a bit, we kind of talked a bit about the specifics, like the um, certain individual immigrants. And I want to talk about kind of like the overall general events that like kind of are about this. Okay. So 1776, so I'm back a bit. Thomas Paine, who was a pretty influential writer at the mm -hmm. time, he published a pamphlet called Common Sense. Yeah. At the time, it was like the best-selling book in America, uh, or their colonies at the time. And that's like, it's just like with population as a lot smaller now yeah. than it was then. So, but it, that statistic can be misleading. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was like the best-selling book and it based, among other things, it kind of argued for American independence. Most of the colonists at the time considered themselves British because mm. they were a British mm -hmm. colony. Thomas Paine, he kind of made the argument that like um, Europe is the parent country of America, not England. And That's interesting. Since yeah. Even though it was a British colony, the people that were here really came from like, several different oh, yeah, places. Right. Yeah. He was an interesting guy. Not to get too far off topic, but I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> he just yeah. seems like an interesting individual. Cool. Maybe we could do a, an episode on Thomas Paine sometime. Maybe. That'd I be wouldn't cool. be uh, adverse to that. So 1790, after, you know, revolution, we're country now, we're still trying to find our feet. The um, 
the government passes the Nationalization Act of 1790. And what that was is basically any free white person um, of quote unquote good character. I don't know what they, how, how they define that. that. Yeah. yeah. Who had been living in, in the U.S. for two years or longer is able to apply for citizenship. Oh, basically, wow. that's kind of their wow. uh, the so at that two point, years residency. Nobody was a citizen yet officially. I suppose. Because, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Citizenship gave, uh, you know, right to vote. You can own property, testify in court, basic stuff. Sign of the time is that you had to be a white guy, a landowning guy, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, did they, uh, obviously women can also be citizens, right? Yeah. They just didn't get all the other. Yeah, they couldn't um, vote. Yeah, or, all the other yeah. perks. So uh, it's also this time, I missed this earlier, the first census takes place. Okay. Just kind of yeah. tells what's That's going on. That's important to know, 1790. Mm -hmm. And uh, not too surprising, the English were the largest ethnic group at around 3.9 million people. Though, like, one in five Americans were of African heritage. Wow. Which is interesting, wow. um, which means either they were just descended from slaves mm -hmm. or um, they were um result of inter you know yeah yeah interracial relations uh, relations sir i'm not <laughs> sure how that's a polite way of saying that congress banned the importation of slaves in 1808 okay, so they're so like 18 years after the first census yeah but wow. there was also like doesn't that seem late it does it does um i think we were kind of late yeah. <laughs> uh but it was also like uh so war didn't have till 1860s so it was still like slavery was still yeah. a thing it's just yeah. we stopped like getting them yeah i guess so the War of 1812 happened, which is like a, uh, oh, geez, it's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of like the not as interesting sequel to the American Revolution. <laughs> Basically, like it was like kind of a, a, a round two kind of a slap fight between us and uh, Britain. Um, they actually like sacked the capital at one point, but we're only there briefly because everyone had fled and then like they left and then like Madison or whoever was president came back. It was like a whole kind of just fadoodle. I think you just made up a word, but I like it. <laughs> Anyways, so a few years after that, you know, peace was reestablished between the two countries around 1815 or so. And the uh, immigration from Western Europe which beforehand had just been like a couple people here to there. Kind of stagnant though. Yeah, just... not that many. Uh, suddenly a lot more people were coming over, mm. which the demographics of the U.S. sifted because of it. And this this was like the first major wave of immigration. Okay. And it lasted up till like the Civil War or so. Okay, so it started around 1850, 1815? It, yeah. Uh, to about the Civil War. Wow, about that's 1860 a pretty huge, or so. Like long period of time for people to be incoming. Yeah. So between like... 1820s to like 1850s or so the iris a lot of them are catholic just because i guess that was just what was the common religion in ireland at the time i think it still is honestly like they're pretty yeah, I, I don't know really anything but, about ireland i just i feel like there's conflict between the catholics and the protestants like that's the big conflict right it might be. I think that there's also conflict between like just um, whether or not to be part of the UK, I think. Yeah, that, that too. But I think some, some of that may have to be tied into religion. This you know, is, you're probably yeah. right. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough to like yeah. weigh in on that. But anyway, a lot of the Irish that were coming over were Catholic yes. at the time. Um, and they were like one third of the immigrant of all immigrants in the United States. Wow. Uh, like out of like at the time, it was like five million people coming in. Okay. Or so around that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Also around this time, a bunch of German immigrants came and this is when that whole boom started. A lot of them made their way, a lot of them bought farms and stuff out in the Midwest. Okay. And settled in like Milwaukee, St. Louis, Cincinnati, those kind of cities and that. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And to this day, like if you look at like where, like a map of the U.S. with like immigrants or like, you know, know, like uh, culture or Uh however you want to divide it up, that northern middle part is very kind of German. That's really interesting. Interesting. Trickle down effect. Yeah. Yeah. So 1816, the American Colonization Society is formed. And they what they did is they um, they helped. I'm trying to think how to say this. There are a lot of kind of freed African-Americans and they helped them settle a, uh, a colony on the west coast of Africa, uh, wow. which today is uh, Liberia. It's still a country, by wow. the way. But yeah, like, um, I'm not sure entirely why if they were just trying to get out of America or That's what. fascinating. But yeah, it and is. And I wonder, you may not know this because this is really a side note to everything, sure. but Liberia, did they name it Liberia when they, because that seems like a word that might be associated with freedom. Um, maybe, I like don't know. Like liberty, Liberia? I don't know. Huh. Um, okay, just yeah. curiosity. Sure. So by 1819, a lot of the people coming over just because of um, cramped corridors on boats and stuff, it was kind of uh, a little bit of a treacherous yeah. journey. A lot of them were getting sick. A lot of them were dying, unfortunately. And they start to overwhelm port cities, you know, wow. New York, Boston, Charleston. I don't know why I said like that. Philadelphia. So the United States, they're like, okay, this is an issue. Yeah. They passed the uh, Steerage Act, which uh, basically required better conditions on ships arriving just so we weren't getting a bunch of sick uh, yeah. dying people yeah. <laughs> uh it also and so many they're being overwhelmed at the port yeah it also asked that uh ship captains give uh demographic Im- information on passengers which um th- this led to like the first records on a federal level of like ethnic 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 uh, composition of immigrants coming in ah, so really that interesting. Was a bit of a mouthful but interesting yeah. records to have to, yeah, for, you know, looking back on that. Yeah, totally. Unfortunately, like it's not all great. Uh, 1830, Congress passed the Removal Act, which forcefully relocated a lot of Native Americans. Mm. Um, I include that in here because it is kind of relevant to moving the people right. in and out of Migration. the country and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like it wasn't all. It wasn't like voluntary. Roses? No, yeah. it wasn't. In 1845, the potato uh, famine in Ireland breaks out. So, so, so the year again, 1845. Yeah, it killed okay. like a million people or so. It was very damaging. The funny, funny. Huh. Funny. Uh, the thing about Ireland is that they relied a lot on the potato just because mm-hmm. it's very nutritious and you can prepare it a lot of different ways and mm-hmm. stuff. But potatoes are a new world crop. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not natural. So, to so somebody Ireland. took a potato back to, to Ireland. <laughs> and they're like, and, this is great. And, yeah. And yeah. then they established so much. Okay. So potato famine, that's yeah. too bad. So, but this caused almost 500,000 iris to come to America. Wow. Just kind of fleeing that wow. whole Huge disaster. Group. In uh, 1848, the Mexican-American War ends. Something we don't talk about a lot. <laughs> we once warred with Mexico. Yeah. And that's how we got like a lot of um, territory and like people within that territory. Yeah. Texas, yeah. The uh, southern, southwestern part of our country. Yeah. Basically like um, New Mexico, Arizona, right. that area. So we basically inherited that's one way to say it. citizens <laughs> because the border moved yeah not the people didn't move in 
across yeah, the border. Yeah, the, the border, border route. Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. interesting. It's a different type of immigration, I guess. Yeah, because but it doesn't really involve the movement of people. And then finally, 1849, and this is where we're going to close on it, uh, just because I want to have a cutoff date, be yeah. in the middle of the 1800s. Okay. And then next time, we'll carry on from there and see how, <laughs> where we go from there. But uh, 1849, the gold rust started in California. Oh. Um, this sparked the first mass uh, immigration of Chinese people into like the the Western. Oh, that's US. really fascinating. So mm-hmm. wow, because mm-hmm. before that it was mostly European, not yeah, even it was Orient. Yeah, it was <laughs> it wasn't that many Asian people. Um, which on one hand, I think the Pacific Ocean is bigger than the Atlantic. But on the other hand, I think on the other hand, it's like. It's kind of like the same, you know, like if you were to look at like a map or a globe or whatever, you have the Americas, two oceans, Europe and Asia. Like they're basically, you know, we're not that far, you know, weirdly enough. I don't know. I just think that's interesting. But uh, it's around this time that the America's first anti-immigrant party, the Know Nothing Party. <laughs> okay, the reason they call it's very funny because it's like, yeah, I can tell you Know Nothing. No, the reason they call themselves that was uh, apparently the perceived calm response to questions about foreigners. I don't know anything about them, basically, you know. Oh, wait, so... <laughs> So when people ask, were asked, what do you what do you know, for example, about these people from China? Yeah. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. And that kind of became... They actually went through several different names. Uh, including, Which it makes it even funnier that they landed on the no nothing yeah, name yeah. because that's silly. They also called themselves the Native American Party. Not talking about Native Americans. Yeah. Talking about we're descended from like colonists. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know. we didn't just get here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, wow. the, uh, the American Party, which is a pretty uninspired name if you ask me. Yeah. Basically, they were, um, they, they had, uh, I don't know what they, their stances on the Chinese people were, but they didn't like all these Germans and Irish people coming into the country. They were pretty xenophobic. However, they were kind of progressive in some other ways. Like they were against slavery and they wanted more rights for women, but they're also like, stop admitting people into the country <laughs> so it's a bit of a mixed bag yeah that's there so as fascinating well. that that was already a thing yeah and so how long did that party last not very long i don't think they're that successful they won like a few uh like local elections mm-hmm. but they i don't think they lasted very long yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they surely sense. didn't <laughs> like they've had no one knows about them today outside <laughs> of history nerds yeah they really should have come up with a different name <laughs> I mean, they yeah. should have kept trying on that yeah one. no it's a pretty terrible name anyways but that's where we're wrapping up basically i I know it's kind of an awkward place to stop it always is with like topics like this that's ongoing yeah Yeah. it's hard to know where but yeah but basically i thought that that's basically the next or was the next kind of um period of american history uh as far as immigrations were concerned obviously all our stuff was going yeah. on you know cities being built up industrialization lots of crazy stuff <laughs> but i thought that that was like uh, a good you know, song to, yeah. to talk about yeah that's great i think you did a really nice job describing kind of giving that overview of the the waves of immigration where people came from and that sort of thing and really interesting to hear about the influential immigrants from mm-hmm. different places i think that's really cool and uh yeah You did a great job, Jacob. Thank you so much. Listeners, we're so glad you got to join us. Thank you so much for uh, tagging along as Jacob and I have these conversations. Uh, We enjoy them. We hope you do too. Bye. Confucius once said, study the past if you would define the future.
You've been listening to the History Slices podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.